What's going on, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to another episode of Caffeinate. Today, for October the 29th of 2018, getting ever closer to Halloween. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. For those joining me live on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams Live, welcome to today's show. I hope you enjoy what you find. But if you are watching the VOD later via YouTube, or perhaps even listening to the podcast version of the show, I welcome you as well. And if this is your first time watching, then welcome on in. This is a daily gaming news podcast where I give you a rundown of the hottest gaming news that you need to know so that you can stay informed as to what is happening in the industry that we have all grown to love. And let me tell you right now, we have some pretty awesome news today because Sony has finally unveiled the complete list of PlayStation Classic games. And they look pretty good, if I do say so myself. On top of that, Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, has a companion app, as we talked about on an episode last week. And that is hinting heavily that a PC version of the game is on the way, as we all kind of know that it will eventually come anyways. But Spider-Man sales are continuing to climb, and Destiny 2's Forsaken expansion has definitely given the game a bit of a boost. Spyro and Crash are apparently going to be sold in a bundle, according to a listing. On top of that, the cutoff date for the PlayStation V to physical games has been extended and ninja is going to be streaming on new york times new year's eve extravaganza special of some kind on top of that we have prototype xbox controllers that could be compatible with your phone and also a prototype wiimote that is from way back in the day on top of that ps4 owners can try tetris effect for free on november the first one of my most anticipated games that is not necessarily a triple a game for the entirety of 2018 and it is the fifth 15th anniversary of a very, very notable franchise that is still relevant today, so we will talk about that a bit. Uh, But again, welcome to those that are joining me for the first time, and without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the hottest gaming news of the day. First off, coming to us from Engadget, Sony reveals the complete list of PlayStation Classic games. Metal Gear Solid and others join known titles like Final Fantasy VII. Could be pretty awesome here. So, Sony has finally revealed the full game list for the PlayStation Classic, and it looks like it'll please fans looking for a nostalgia hit, mostly. In addition to previously announced games like Final Fantasy VII and Ridge Racer Type IV, you'll find definitive titles like Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil Director's Cut, and Twisted Metal. Simultaneously, though, there are a few curious choices and conspicuous omissions. To start, you'll find games like the original Grand Theft Auto and Rainbow Six. They're both fine titles, but you may be in for a shock if you're expecting GTA V or Siege. What? Oh, I see. They're trying to show the comparison between the fact that you have different styles of games. As if people didn't already know. But it's also unusual to see Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. It is a well-known game, but not a blockbuster. And of course, there is a bound to be a classic game or three that you wish was on the list. Where is Gran Turismo or Wipeout, for instance? Sony no doubt had to consider game variety and licensing issues when choosing the list, but that still leaves you making some sacrifices if you want a nostalgia hit on December the 3rd. And the full list is as follows. First off, we have Battle Arena Toshinden, Cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy 7, Grand Theft Auto, Intelligent Cube, Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Mr. Driller, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey, Rayman, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Revelations Persona, Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Siphon Filter, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Twisted Metal, and Wild Arms. And again, this is going to be hitting store shelves on December the 3rd if you did want to dive in and give it a shot. 
Uh, but as for right now, the list is somewhat impressive. I won't lie, it's a bit disappointing to not see some of the biggest names from this generation on this list. Uh, but I will say that considering licensing issues, considering all of the technicalities that you will come into contact with, whenever it does come to creating a nostalgia-filled console, I think this is a pretty good list. If I had to choose my top three from this entire list, uh, I would say that Twisted Metal is definitely at my number one. Uh, I would say that following that would probably be the original Metal Gear Solid, and then I would say following that, we would probably have to give a tie between Resident Evil Director's Cut and the Siphon Filter, because those are some pretty impressive games. Uh, now, of course, this was accompanied by a new trailer, and for those that were wondering, the PlayStation Classic is going to be $100 when it does launch on December the 3rd, but overall, a pretty solid list. I would say that it's not quite as good as the list for, say, the NES Classic Edition or the SNES Classic Edition, uh, because Nintendo does hold a lot more control over the games that are on their consoles. That's just kind of what it comes down to. Uh, however, I will say when it comes to the games that we have been given, these are some pretty solid choices. So, if you want to, again, pick one of those up coming out December the 3rd, and we'll see how many Sony actually does produce, because considering that it is a $100 price tag, I think this could be a big, big seller for the holiday season if they do play their cards correctly. Now, if they pull a Nintendo and they limit the production of this kind of console to something that is incredibly low as compared to the expectation, well, then they might have a bad time this holiday season, but this could be a fantastic stocking stuffer for some people. If you maybe don't want to get somebody a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 3, but want to go in and get them something that they grew up with, this could be a pretty good selection for you. Uh, so again, if you do want to check those out, those games are again, Battle Arena, Toshinden, Cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby, Final Fantasy 7, Grand Theft Auto, Intelligent Cube, Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Mr. Driller, Odd World, Abe's Odyssey, Rayman, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Revelations, Persona, Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Siphon Filter Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Twisted Metal, and Wild Arms. Again, a pretty impressive list. However, moving on to the next story of the day, Red Dead Redemption 2's companion app is pointing to a PC version of the game. References to PC, graphics options, and even Oculus have been found within the app. Files inside Red Dead Redemption 2's companion app contain multiple references to PC, graphics options, and resolutions, according to a report adding fuel to speculation that the game will eventually come to PC. As uncovered by Rockstar Intel, the companion app contains a number of interesting parameters within its files, including things that look like they would have to do with various kinds of PC options. The files also contain numerous references to graphics options such as temporal anti-aliasing, resolution of water reflection, shadow quality, and particle quality. Some of the mentions of PC in the files might be hinting at a desktop version of the companion app rather than a proper PC version of the game. There is sign-in underscore PC underscore app underscore URL for instance, but the presence of graphics options, Oculus, Red Dead 2 VR, and the world's PC version suggest something else is afoot. It is not concrete, and I wouldn't expect Rockstar to comment on it, but it's one more piece of evidence that Arthur Morgan and the gang could arrive on PC at some point. Fingers are crossed. And of course, we have heard a lot of rumors about Red Dead Redemption 2 coming to PC sometime next year, as we have had multiple rumors floating around over the course of the past week or so. Uh, but I think this is the most solid guess yet. And again, I say it's a guess because we have nothing that is definitively confirmed. But when it comes to Red Dead Redemption 2, I would guess you could be 
getting this pretty soon over on the PC. And if I had to guess, I would say it is going to be a year of exclusivity. Uh, that just kind of tends to be what makes sense in this kind of scenario, because right now it is selling incredibly well on the PS4 and the Xbox One. I would say that Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably going to be one of the best sellers of not only November, uh, but I would say the entire holiday season, if not this entire console generation when things do come down to the nitty gritty of it. Uh, but as for right now, we just have to wait and see what happens. However, if you did want to pick up Red Dead Redemption 2 right now and you can't wait for that PC version of the game, I can confirm the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game look pretty good. I will say, however, on that note, the Xbox One S version of the game does run at a significantly lower uh, resolution as compared to those on the PS4, PS4 Pro, and the Xbox One X. So take that into consideration. If graphics aren't necessarily an option or a matter or a factor for you in your buying decision, then you have absolutely nothing to worry about and then go out there and be a cowboy like you're born to be. But uh, if you do care about the resolution and things along those lines, then you might want to take that into consideration. Just a fair heads up. However, another fantastic game that needs to be discussed today, Spider-Man sells 2.17 million digitally in September, with Destiny 2's Forsaken overtaking Fortnite in consumer spending, according to a report, as found over on VG247. September has been a banner month for consumer spending in digital markets across PC, console, and mobile, according to Superdata's latest report. According to Superdata, players spent $1.24 billion, up from $912 million last year, on digital games in September. Spider-Man was the second most popular item with an estimated 2.17 million units in digital sales. This is already more than God of War, and the data does not include codes bundled with consoles. As we know, many of those were sold as well. Sony previously announced that Spider-Man is the fastest selling exclusive ever, selling 3.3 million units in just three days, both digital and at retail. And I do want to clarify that is for Insomniac, or excuse me, for Sony uh, products, not necessarily the most best selling exclusive, etc. But that is pretty impressive. It now appears digital has a great share of these numbers, but that's not the only game responsible for this surge in spending. Destiny 2 Forsaken expansion was the top-selling item digitally during the month on both consoles. An estimated 60% of Destiny 2's monthly active users bought Forsaken in September. Again, let me read that one more time. An estimated 60% of Destiny 2's monthly active users bought Forsaken in September. Superdata also noted an uptick in Deluxe Edition sales. The Deluxe Edition includes access to the three upcoming add-ons. And let's not forget, September was the release month for two big annual franchises, FIFA and NBA 2K. Both FIFA 19 and NBA 2K 19 broke records in digital ownership despite their annualized nature. NBA 2K 19 sales climbed compared to last year with a peak performance. FIFA 19 achieved the series' best-ever digital launch with an 18% increase in digital sales compared to FIFA 18. Spider-Man, FIFA 19, and NBA 2K19 were also winners at U.S. retail based on MPD data published earlier this month. It's interesting to watch these games thrive on both fronts. Fortnite dropped to the fourth spot on consoles and to number eight on PC as a result of these big releases. The landscape on PC hasn't changed much, with Dungeon Fighter Online, League of Legends, and Crossfire occupying the top three spots respectively. PUBG continues to hold strong at number six, with World of Warcraft claiming the fifth spot on the list. And so, 
What you have here is a very impressive number one debut from Spider-Man, as we have been talking about for the past month. But on top of that, a big comeback for Destiny 2. Who would have thought? Uh, the Forsaken expansion has proven to be something that no one really expected to be quite as impressionable, I suppose, is the best word to use. The way that Destiny 2 has made a comeback, I just have to go ahead and say, wow. You know, who would have thought that after everything that happened with the Destiny community over the course of 2017 and 2018, we would be sitting here in October, almost November of 2018, absolutely singing the praises of an expansion for Destiny 2. The team at Bungie has turned around a very, very bad situation and made this game into one that could very well define what a first-person shooter, grindy, MMO-ish... Th- it's a weird way to describe Destiny 2, but it's pretty impressive to see what's going on with Destiny 2 here. So, if you did want to dive in and check out that expansion, Forsaken is out now. If you'd want to dive in and check out Spider-Man, still pretty dang good as well. But, as for right now, if you did want to check out more info about what is out there digitally on your digital storefronts looks like you can do that right now on your console of choice and you would be amongst many who have bought digital sales over the course of the past few months now death punk in the chat says must keep a straight face keep trying baby keep trying it's going to get even harder as time goes on But moving on to the next story of the day, Spyro Reignited Trilogy and Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy Bundle is listed by retailers. If you want to get in on one big nostalgia trip, then by all means dive into it. Several retailers, including Walmart, have listed Spyro Reignited Trilogy and Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy Bundle on their websites for a price of $59.99. Spotted by Reset Era uh, user Modwera, the bundle is apparently set for release on November the 13th when Spyro Reignited Trilogy arrives on the PlayStation 4. Xbox One and PC. The bundle will be available on the PS4 and the Xbox One. You can check out the box art above and a description provided by Walmart below. Quote, your favorite Dragon and Bandicoot are back. With the Spyro Plus Crash Remastered Game Bundle, you get two fully remastered trilogies, the Spyro Reignited Trilogy and the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, for a total of six iconic games. Rekindle the fire with the original three Spyro games, Spyro the Dragon, Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage, and Spyro Year of the Dragon. Then spin, jump, and womp as you take on three Crash games that started it all. Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, and Crash Bandicoot Warped. Six games for 60 bucks is a pretty good deal for those who have yet to play Crash Bandicoot and or are interested in the upcoming Spyro Trilogy. While the bundle hasn't officially been announced yet, it's safe to assume we'll hear something about it soon, and you can stay tuned if you did want to hear more about that. But as for right now, I will say that it's pretty impressive to see that they are bundling these together, and I think this is a fantastic move because, in my opinion, those that played Spyro more than likely did play or at least become familiar at some point with Crash because they are all so intertwined because of the way that generation was set up. I will say that I'm very happy to see this happening because at 60 bucks, that is a lot of bang for your buck really when it comes down to it because you get literally six games at 10 bucks a pop that are absolutely remade and rebuilt from the ground up. I think there's a lot of value in that for a lot of people, especially considering the holiday season that is coming up. I think these are going to be selling like hotcakes and I'm very excited to see how this all does end up shaking out. However, if you did want to check it out, it looks like this is going to be launching alongside the Spyro Trilogy whenever it does launch in just a couple of weeks, and it could be the better way to go if you have not already picked up the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. And also, I will say, as a quick note, 
The Crash Insane Trilogy has been absolutely killing it in the UK. I believe it's still in the top 10 after a very, very long time since its release. So, uh, that's just going to say that it is a pretty good rendition of the classic Crash games. And I'm expecting the exact same thing from Spyro when it does launch in a couple of weeks. But, again, we'll see how that goes whenever the time it does roll around. As for right now, we can only hope. We can only hope. But moving on to something that made my heart so dang happy, the cutoff date for the PlayStation Vita physical games has been extended according to a rumor and a discussion had via Twitter. This could be interesting. Is the Vita getting another lease on life? A new report is suggesting that the cutoff date for the physical PlayStation Vita games has been extended, at least in the West. The rumor sprung from a tweet from game developer Poppyworks, which came up when the dev was discussing a possible Vita port for his game Halloween Everything. No other details were given following the tweet mentioning this possible extension. When asked why an official announcement has been made yet, or has not been made yet, excuse me, a follow-up tweet said the decision was very recent. Sony has yet to comment on this Vita development yet, so be sure to take this with a grain of salt. If this does turn out to be true, it will be the latest twist in the very rocky life of the PlayStation Vita. It seemed like the end of Sony's handout was near. Previously, the cutoff for physical games was early 2019, though the digital storefront will remain. It's unknown what the new cutoff date might be if Poppy Works has said is accurate. It's also known if this it's also not known if this will have any impact on the production of the Vita itself, which was previously slated to be ending sometime in 2019, and now we are just waiting on word from Sony. However, I will say that I hope the PlayStation Vita does get a bit of an extension, but if we're being honest with ourselves here, if I'm finally throwing in the towel on this entire thing, there is not going to be any hope for this little handheld because it has been a great run. I still have my Vita literally sitting 10 feet to my right. With that being said, I haven't played it in a while, and when I've given up on it, you know that everybody else has because there's just nothing else that I have to experience on that console. It's great for what it is. I still consider it to be better than the Nintendo Switch. I know that's a controversial thing, but I'm still going to be sticking with it. Uh, it is one of the best handhelds, one of the best consoles that I have ever played in general, but the time is now. It is done. The PlayStation Vita is finally drawing to a close, and let's just let it die a peaceful death, shall we? Let's just let it go ahead and fade out into the distance. Uh, but according to Poppy Works over there on Twitter, we could be seeing a bit, of an, a bit of an extension on the PlayStation Vita games, at least when it comes to the production, if not people purchasing the games themselves. But believe it or not, big cult following for the PlayStation Vita. Pretty big cult following. Speaking of a pretty big following, Ninja is going to be streaming Fortnite in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Ninja is hosting a 12-hour Fortnite live stream at Times Square to ring in the new year. Tyler Ninja Belvins, or excuse me, I always say his name wrong, Blevins, my bad, is the top Fortnite streamer and he will be hosting a special event from Times Square in New York City. The 12-hour show will kick off late on December the 31st and go on until 4 in the morning on January the 1st. Ninja announced the news at TwitchCon over the weekend, promising several special guests. The show kicks off at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. GMT on Wednesday, December the 31st. It'll go on until 4 a.m. Eastern Time, 1 a.m. Pacific Time, and 8 a.m. GMT on Thursday, January the 1st. All of it, of course, can be watched on Ninja's Twitch channel if you did want to tune in. Quote, when I started gaming, I never thought that something like this would be possible. New Year's Eve has always been fun for gamers because it's a night where you have a widely accepted excuse to stay up and game, but there's never been an event in 
the mainstream that's actually built around the tradition said ninja. Now, this is just my ultimate New Year's or New Year's Eve, excuse me, Fortnite land party with some of my best friends and a few surprises that I hope we as a community can have a lot of fun with. It's been a banner of a year for Ninja and his brand. After setting Twitch's highest ever concurrent viewer record, the streamer went on to garner over 11 million followers for his channel, the highest across the entire platform. This is not the first event of this scale either, as Ninja previously hosted a Las Vegas event in April that broke his own previous record. So if you want to tune in and spend your New Year's Eve watching Ninja play Fortnite, then by all means you can dive into it, and I am sure there are going to be some pretty high-profile guests, and of course this can all be viewed via Twitch.tv slash ninja if you did want to check it out Uh, now as for me probably not going to be getting in on that but of course ninja is a giant when it comes to twitch when it comes to internet culture when it comes to pop culture uh, he has really taken the world by storm and so it's not a shocker to hear that he is going to be streaming fortnite on new year's eve and it is going to be a fantastic way for a lot of fans of both fortnite and ninja and streaming in general to spend their evenings Uh, so you can't really complain it's a fantastic way to go about doing this kind of thing and so it could be a pretty good time. So 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. on twitch.tv slash ninja as that little video does say. And I, my friends, am going to be checking that out for probably a total of 5 to 10 minutes. But I have total faith the next four hours of that is going to be absolutely fantastic. However, now we move into the prototype section of today's show because there have been some pretty impressive findings over the course of the past couple of days. First off, a breaking story just before the show went live Images of a prototype mobile Xbox controller has serviced gaming on the go. Earlier this month, Microsoft announced plans to bring console-quality games to smartphones. Dubbed Project X Cloud, as we discussed on an episode of Caffeinate, the idea behind the service is to allow everyone to be able to play Xbox-exclusive titles without the need for owning an Xbox. Going further, it could even open gaming up to people that never consider grabbing a dedicated piece of hardware. Many people were left wondering how that would work. Most games require far more commands than a touchscreen is capable of reproducing. While modern gamepads do offer Bluetooth connectivity, lugging around a full-sized Xbox controller with you to pair to your phone is not really ideal. Is Microsoft concocting some kind of solution for this? The answer... A resounding yes, as evidenced by some recently uploaded Microsoft research papers. Seemingly taking a page out of Nintendo's book, Microsoft is prototyping ideas for a split gamepad that will attach to the side of your phone or tablet. The idea actually dates back to 2014, though it seems Microsoft is now more interested in pursuing the venture. As smartphones and tablets have become pervasive, so has mobile gaming, reads the paper. Not surprisingly, popular games for these platforms are focused on touchscreen-based interaction. However, many types of game are less well-suited to mobile devices. Mobile gaming devices like the Sony PlayStation Portable and Nintendo's DS and Switch are dedicated mobile gaming platforms which overcome these limitations via physical controls. The success of the Switch is a testament to the value of mobile gaming with physical controls. The paper also makes mention of currently available solutions that are similar in practice to this prototype. All of them, Ion, iCade, Mobile, GameCase, Game Vice, are bulky and inflexible, which could explain what looks like a removable grip on the controller. This could mean adjustments to fit perfectly to your hand, which would be a step up on basically every gamepad, mobile or not. Whether or not these end up being final is anyone's guess. I can't say I'm totally sold on the look, says the author, but having a much higher quality gamepad solution for mobile platforms could help propel the platform forward. And so, uh, if you did want to check out the uh, the look of the entire things, what you've got here is essentially a pretty impressive looking. 
piece of technology. Now, I will say that I am pretty impressed with the way that everything looks if I can get it pulled up. Uh, but as for right now, what we do know is that it looks to be pretty similar in nature uh, to the overall look of an NVIDIA Shield kind of controller. It's a very strange way that everything looks. Uh, but essentially, it looks like it clamps onto the side of your device, and it literally is an Xbox controller that has been snapped in half. Now, if you will notice, if you are watching the video version of the show, uh, there are power buttons on either side of the Xbox controller, which has now been ripped in half, essentially, and placed on the side of your phone, uh, that do allow you to turn on each individual side in the same way that you would turn on an individual Joy-Con. Uh, now, it does look to be like there is some kind of unifying mechanism to where you can put the two pieces together, so there is a grip in that regard. Uh, but overall, there is a charging station here with a mini USB, or it could even be a USB-C. On top of that, it does also connect to a tablet in a pretty interesting way. Could be pretty interesting here. Uh, so we will see if this does, in fact, become something of significance. But as for right now, this is all just speculation. However, we do have some of the early print designs over here, and it could actually work. But the question is, is there a market for this? For me... I don't know. I wouldn't be one to go in and go ahead and say that I do want this for my phone. But then again, I don't play that many games on a mobile device. It's not really something that is my go-to when it comes to how I want to spend my time whenever I'm just chilling out on my phone. I'm not one of those people. I will say that there is a huge market for this kind of technology. A ton of people play games on their mobile devices. And so if you do have a controller that makes that a fantastic experience that could replicate the same experience you get on an Xbox or a PlayStation... It could be a pretty big seller, and of course, Microsoft is all about trying new things at the moment, and so it wouldn't shock me in the slightest to see this become a reality over the course of the next, I would say, six months or so. Uh, but again, we will see if this does, in fact, become something that we can actually report on, but as for right now, this leak does look to be pretty dang official. Now, another leak that is pretty dang official, the Wiimote prototypes have surfaced, and they are a perfect throwback. I was very impressed with this, but... Right now, we can finally see what exactly the original Wiimotes did look like. Nintendo somehow got us on board with a console named Wii, but we still like to think of a reality where it's called by its codename, The Revolution. A Japanese auction for what turned out to be the original controller prototypes for the hardware inched us closer to that timeline this weekend, showing off the Revolution moat that never quite was. A Yahoo Japan user sold off a Wii sensor bar, remote, and nunchuck for around $660 on Saturday. Both they and the have since shared numerous photos of the collection. And I do want to go ahead and go on Twitter and zoom in and show you guys exactly what we are dealing with because it is a very, very early version of the Nintendo Wii controller and the nunchuck and, of course, the sensor bar. And what you may notice here is that a GameCube is in the background. And that is because... This is an incredibly impressive piece of technology, something that you can only get in a research and development kind of setting. A lot of what we see above is similar to what Nintendo ended up going for with the Wii. The main difference is include, uh, of course, other than the obvious GameCube connections and gray color scheme may be more subtle. But WayForward's James Montagna chimed in on Twitter to verify and contribute to the finding. He tweeted his memories of checking out the prototype from the codename Revolution Days. There's so many cool details on on this he wrote my favorite detail however is the plus control pad a button and b button molds that all came from game boy advance sp so let's go back now that we have that established again game boy advance sp it is literally those buttons right there and i love that kind of thing i'd want to make that very clear 
Uh, however, going back to the original story, he also posted his own photo of another version of the remote, which features a different B button than what Nintendo went with, and this one is from 2006. And so getting into these pictures, it does look to be a pretty strange version of the Nintendo Wii remote. Now, one that is remarkably similar in a lot of ways, uh, but it looks like they have a different proprietary cable here, and on top of that, a different power button, which is rectangular, but the B buttons and the A buttons are similar in nature to those of the original Game Boy. Uh, so, the excitement of these cool random finds does bring some nostalgia. The author says, I remember my disappointment when I came home to the news that the Hardcore Revolution was actually going to be a toddler babble Wii. But these picks highlight that the name doesn't matter. Nintendo was onto something unique even before it settled on that name. And I will say that as of right now, this is the coolest story that I've read all week because if there's one thing that I love more than gaming news, it's gaming history. I love going back, checking out the distance we have come over the course of the past 10 years or so. And of course, the Wii is one of the most significant gaming consoles of the past 25 years, I would say, uh, because it did push the industry forward. It made people think about new ways to design new pieces of technology. It really did push the limits of what we thought was possible when it came to gaming hardware. And I would say uh, that without the Wii, Gaming in 2018 would look very, very different if it did not exist. And so for 660 bucks, somebody went ahead and got their hands on this original Nintendo Wii remote prototype with a nunchuck that is connected via a LAN cable. Yeah, a LAN cable. Pretty cool right there. But moving on to the next story of the day, PS4 owners can finally try Tetris Effect for free on November the 1st, and the demo is going to be available through the end of the weekend, so you better get in there and give it a shot while you can. At E3 of 2018, Sony announced Tetris Effect, a trippy new take on the perennial classic. Developed by Enhance, it's said to be released on November the 9th for the PS4 and the PlayStation VR. If you're looking to try before you buy, Enhance announced today that a free demo of the game is going to be available for a limited time beginning on November the first. The demo will be available through November the 5th via the PlayStation Store. The wild and abstract visuals of Tetris Effect are in line with the rest of Enhance's catalog, which boasts acclaimed puzzle games like Res Infinite and Luminous Remastered. Founder Tetsuya Mizuguchi, I believe is how you say that name, has become known for games that merge gameplay and music with lots of flashy particle effects, and Tetris Effect looks to continue that trend while paying tribute to the game that helped define the puzzle genre. Tetris Effect features over 30 stages, each with its own unique music and visual effects. The game is playable in 2D and in 3D thanks to the PlayStation VR support. Enhance also promises the game will run at a smooth 60 FPS in 4K when played on a PS4 Pro. And that, my friends, is absolutely beautiful. Now, as I said earlier, this Tetris game is one of my most anticipated games of the entire year because it is gorgeous. I cannot make it clear enough that when it comes to this Tetris game, this one is doing something different. This one is very impressive. I'm loving the way that it looks. Uh, but as for right now, if you did want to dive in like I'm going to be doing and give it a shot, you can check it out this coming weekend on the PS4 or even the PlayStation VR if you did want to get your hands on that version of the technology because it does going or it is going to be a pretty impressive piece of tech there uh, but again 60 fps 4k Ooh, yeah let's go baby but the final story of the day 
Call of Duty is 15 years old. It all started in 2003 and wouldn't be possible without our incredible community. Today is the 15th anniversary of Call of Duty. Thanks to all the fans for joining us on this amazing journey. And there's nothing else that I want to say about that except for the fact that without Call of Duty, this channel more than likely wouldn't be the channel that it is today. So congratulations to the guys behind the scenes that have worked on every iteration, every studio that has worked on it. Call of Duty is still just... It's foundational. It's it's something that is incredibly important. The gaming industry as we know it today wouldn't be what it is without Call of Duty. It pushed first-person shooters to a new level. It has changed the landscape in general. It's it's incredible. Uh, so if you did want to dive in and play some Call of Duty in respect like I'm going to be doing, then you can check it out. But again, happy birthday to Call of Duty because 15 years later, you're still killing it in terms of sales. And after a couple of rough years, your gameplay isn't too bad either. It's pretty dang solid. But that wraps up today's episode of Caffeinate. If you did enjoy today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're joining me live on Twitch, I appreciate you as well. And if you do want to watch the show live, you can check it out on twitch.tv slash Live five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time if you did want to check it out. But as for right now, I appreciate you guys watching this show. I will talk to you soon and enjoy the rest of your evening and peace.